Bitcoin. Welcome to another POW market update. My name is Anson Leonard. This is Bitcoin and Markets. This is not investment advice, people. Do your own research. Let's get started. Test, test. All right. Welcome back to the show, guys. We've had an exciting few days here in Bitcoin. And as always, I mean, every time I'm doing an episode, I'm saying an exciting 48 hours. But uh, it has been uh, pretty cool on, let's see, about 48 hours ago, we had a pretty significant pump in price, the largest hourly volume in, you know, multiple, multiple weeks, going all the way back to the $6,000 low. Uh, Even more than that, I looked at the four-hour volumes and... Uh, it's been the second largest four hour, um, volume bar in this whole downtrend. So that's, that's pretty significant. Uh, we had that big price jump and, you know, we've, we've kind of studied out here. There's a lot of international stuff going on. And several weeks ago, I think I was on Andy's show. I might've been on, uh, um, Adam's show, but, uh, I, I talked about, you know, right now we're in this kind of geopolitical slump that was a couple months ago. Uh, and, we might need to have some sort of financial crisis or, you know, people talking in the news more about things, you know, like uh, Italy, the Italian banks or the Spanish banks or the Greek situation, um, you know, where we have these um, financial crises going on and that peaks in people's interest in Bitcoin. Um, now we're seeing, obviously, a tragedy that's been happening over there in Syria, where Syria was uh, basically had won the war. They had one more kind of stronghold to uh, break the resistance there. And then there was a false flag, uh, obvious false flag and, uh, had an excuse now for the United States to go in and, and bomb over there in Syria. I don't want to get too much into this, um, except for the fact that, you know, this is, this is typical. This can be predicted because when an empire is falling, um, especially when there's financial crises or financial troubles on the horizon, you see currency wars and trade wars and finally followed by a hot war. I think the United States really wants to draw out these people into a hot war. So we'll see uh, what the response of Russia and the international community is. Um, Of course, this was not unilateral movement by the United States. They had the support of the UK and France, which are you know, just proxies for the United States. Uh, anyway, you slice it, they're just proxies for the United States. But yeah, it's, it's, it's a, it's a tragedy. And I remember when I was in the military, uh, unfortunately I was in the military. I, we were getting briefings about Syria back in 2010. So this has, this conflict over there has been going on a long, long time. And, um, you know, it's, it's a lot has come out in the meantime, where it's the conspiracy theorists had been saying for a long time that ISIS was a creation of the United States. I mean, Al Qaeda is a creation of the United States. We created it to, you know, the Mujahideen to fight uh, the Soviets in Afghanistan. We radicalized and militarized them. Um, and ISIS and Al Nusra and all these other p- people, they're just the exact same thing. They're CIA creations with the help of Saudi Arabia. And if we wanted to go, if, if we were being honest and we wanted to take out bad regimes, we would be taking out uh, the Saudis. But of course, that's not, that's not why we're doing this. It's everybody knows. Um, 
of course, there's the mindless out there that are waving the American flag and they're, they're looking just like every other totalitarian regime always has those people that buy in, you know, because it gives them something to belong to, uh, something to believe in. And those, those are usually the, the lesser men, the lesser people, the weaker minded, um, the, the stupid Right. The, the smart people, I should say every single smart person, that would be more accurate. Every single smart person knows this was a false flag. They know that this is a crumbling empire trying to uh, a last gasp. Well, OK, so uh, let me get on with my point is this is a last last gasp effort from the United States. When you take it in conjunction with all of these other things happening from the Chinese and the, the oil futures um, and the trade wars going on, you know, this is just the the next predictable step. It's it's a logical progression. Every time goods don't cross borders, armies start to. Whoever said that one? But it's it's tragic, and I, I just you know I try not to listen to the politics out there, especially like domestic politics and things like that. Um, but this is more than politics. This is really serious stuff. Um, and I, my reaction always is just, God damn it. We need to defund these people. We need to take their power, the power of the printing press away from them. This Bitcoinization cannot come soon enough. It really can't because all of this, just such a violent world out there because of governments. Governments cause all wars. They cause currency wars, trade wars, hot wars. They even don't even they don't even need wars to kill people. Um, the leading cause of death in the 20th century was democide or people being killed by their own government. Something like 50 million people were killed by their own governments, not in a war in their own government or by their own government. The sooner we can get these governments defunded, the better. And I think this could be a trigger to not only higher Bitcoin prices, but to people uh, coming to their senses. I hope, I hope it does. I, I almost positive that there will not be any sort of hot nuclear war because it's mutually assured destruction. Both sides know that they're trying to bully and muscle and the weak underbelly of the United States is the United States dollar. So I, I expect some uh, economic warfare to happen right here. Um, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, the international community cannot be happy with this. You know, they know they're next. They are just a number compared to, uh, or to the people in Washington. They're just a number. They're just uh, the next country on the list. So there, there's growing uh, animosity, obviously, towards the United States. And... The dollar is waiting to get crushed. But let's get on to Bitcoin. Uh, this could be good for Bitcoin. It looks like uh, it was uh, some rumors or some uh, sentiment out there. Uh, the price predicted what was going to happen here. And um, we did have a big bump. So we went about $1,000 in under a day. Just a couple hours. We, we pumped $1,000 all the way up to 8100 or so. Now we're sitting at 8,014 on Bitstamp. 
at least when I pulled these numbers several minutes ago, that makes a finny, which is one ten thousandth of a Bitcoin. It is the dollar denomination, roughly, of a Bitcoin. And so that's sitting about 80 cents. At $10,000, that will be $1, one finny. The 200 uh, daily moving average, 95.96. It's starting to flatten out. I don't want to see it turn negative. So we need to get above 95.96 within the next week or two. Uh, hopefully that will keep it from uh, going at a negative slope. That would not be a good a good sign in my opinion. Uh, that makes a mayor multiple at 0.83. OKEX futures. The June contract uh, is 8100 right? At 8100 that's a spread of about $80 or 1%. It is at a premium. CME futures for April uh, are 78.90, so they're lagging a little bit. We'll see how I'm, I'm, I mean, they had to have a circuit breaker because on that morning, the price shot up like 16, 17%. So they must've hit the circuit breaker up on CME. Um, but yeah, they're, they're still at in backwardation there for the April contract, but the June contract is sitting at 80, 75. So that's a premium. And, uh, the open interest has increased. It's gone up a couple hundred contracts. So we're looking at open interest, total open interest on CME of 2,097 contracts. That equates to 10,400 Bitcoins. It's getting up there. And you know, the, this, um, the way these work in my mind is that there's market makers that are going short. Very few people want to go short Bitcoin. Uh, it's the risk reward is not good. So if you're going to go short, you have to hedge yourself by buying actual Bitcoin and um, for the market makers. So as this open interest goes up on this, there's going to be more of these market makers buying actual Bitcoin uh, to hedge themselves. Bit, uh, BitMEX futures, their June contract is slightly below spot at 79.90, uh, but the September contract is right at spot at around 8,000. So that's BitMEX is really good at tracking uh, the price, um, and that that's it's the most volume exchange I think by far. It doesn't show up on the coin market cap because um, there's no you know it's all Bitcoin, uh, so it's it's not your it doesn't fit into the mold of the other exchanges, and uh, but there is huge amounts of volume on BitMEX. That's all the prices. Let's go into market size. <coughs> Okay, so this is a protocol race. It's a network effects race and liquidity means a lot. So let's look at these numbers here. Market cap is 135 billion. We did touch the 100 billion dollar mark back at the low. When when Bitcoin hit 6,000 uh, back in February, that touched 100 billion dollar market cap and it bounced up from there. We've been above that mark ever since. Now we're at 135 billion dollar market cap. The Global Bitcoin market cap that includes altcoins is 317 billion. So that makes a maximalist price. That means if you take that global market cap and you divide it by outstanding Bitcoins is $18,700. On-chain transactions over the last 24 hours is over a million Bitcoins. This has been rock solid at right around a million Bitcoins transacted every 24 hours. And that's at 8.2 billion. 8.2 billion dollars transacted on chain. Um, average transaction value. So of that 8.2 billion, what's the average value of each transaction? Is roughly 42,000 dollars, 
5.3 bitcoins. The median transaction value, because there's lots of smaller transactions, you know, um, is right around $540. MVT, network value by transactions, it, it doesn't make any sense. It's kind of like an inverse velocity, and that is a, a 153. But a lot of people have started citing this, so I'm going to cite it as well. Uh, it's been very steady over the last few days, last week or so. Longs versus shorts. Okay. Now this is a kind of a developing metric that a lot of people are, are citing here. Um, people have used this for a long time in Bitcoin, uh, ever since they started publishing these numbers uh, from Bitfinex. But uh, we are at a ratio longs to shorts of 1.19. Longs are at 29,000, shorts are at 24,000. And this got... Well, it got below one for a while there, for a couple days, um, and all the shorts closed because we had this big spike up in price, and a bunch of the shorts closed. A lot of the shorts had closed before that, you know. Um, I don't, I, I don't really think. To me personally, it doesn't have to be around one to to show a a big jump in price. Um, I think the natural level, natural ratio for this is roughly one point five. We'll see. Um, this is still new. I mean, the numbers from Bit, Bitfinex uh, on TradingView are still new. The 180-day, the six-month moving average is 1.6 right now. And so I think 1.5 is probably uh, where we will find, um, you know, some equilibrium. But right now we're at 1.19. So we have a lot of room to add a lot more longs. And uh, we'll see how that, that develops. OTC, this is public over-the-counter trading. It's been really steady. I don't have the the latest numbers for this, but it's right around 90 million, give or take. Paxful's doing a good job of, of coming in a, a strong second place to local Bitcoins. Um, there's also other places like uh, LedgerX does over-the-counter next day fully collateralized swaps for Bitcoin. And uh, there's a Gemini auction, which is becoming more and more popular, a lot more volume that, uh, on that. And there is a big market over there in China, OTCBTC.com, but they roughly have, you know, $2 billion worth of Bitcoin every week, maybe up to five. Uh, it's not hugely significant, but, um, you know, that is a growing market over there. Um, so roughly 90 to $100 million worth of Bitcoin every seven days is transacted OTC. And it could be a lot more. I mean, obviously, that's just the public stuff. Uh, the private stuff is going to be a lot more because all the high dollar transactions, like th these guys that are wanting to buy $100 million worth of Bitcoin, um, they don't go to the exchanges. They source it elsewhere. Uh, there's also some talk about uh, Gemini adding a new market, or maybe they just did. They added a new um, large block market. I haven't looked into that. If you guys have some links for me to... Uh, study up on that put them in the comments or you can send them to me on twitter because i would like to know more about that too i just have not looked into that yet but that's that's an emerging it's kind of a hybrid between otc and um you know market the spot because it is larger blocks it's like whole blocks of 10 bitcoins i think uh, so that's interesting all right let's move on to security and blockchain
So for Bitcoin, we had we just just this morning, just a few hours ago, we did hit another. Uh, we retargeted the difficulty and we adjusted uh, 9.3% higher. 9.3%. That's huge. Uh, the last three before that were 1%, 5%, and 9%. And to me, I mean, we did have see the how long mining. So there's this this new competitor in the mining uh, space for Bitcoin. They just started delivery of their new, more efficient miners. And um, so that could that could be some of this new hash rate that's coming on online here. But in general, the hash rate's going up. So people are investing more money to mine bitcoins. Bitcoin, uh, the cost to mine a bitcoin is going up. And uh, to me, this shows that the, the people grinding away signaling or expecting the price not to crash um you know they are they have their nose to the grindstone and they're working hard on this and they have their kind of pulse on that side of the industry and they think that the price is going up so that's very bullish in my opinion especially a 9.3 percent increase and the, the hash rate's already three percent ahead for the next one so uh you know this could be another three to five percent increase coming up on the next retarget as well and that happens about every two weeks. Mining profitability has actually gone up. So the last show I said it was about 50 cents per terahash per day. Now it's at 55 cents per terahash per day. So a 10% increase in the mining profitability even per terahash per day. And that, you know, that uh, incentivizes a lot of people to, to continue adding hash rate. Blockchain size is right around uh, 193 gigabytes. I mentioned this to compare it maybe to Ethereum. You have to find your own numbers for that, uh, but it's roughly about 400 gigabytes, uh, four or 500 gigabytes for the Ethereum blockchain. And you know, there's a lot less economic activity going on there. So um, th this has to do with the cost to run a node, right? So Bitcoin, this is for the noobs that are listening, uh, but over the last couple of years, Bitcoin has gone through this, this battle, uh, this scaling battle. And the main idea is that you want to keep it cheap to run a node, relatively cheap and secure. Okay, uh, that makes maximum decentralization, maximum security for the blockchain. And <clears throat> this number of the blockchain size shows that it takes a lot less to get up and running with with Bitcoin than it does with things like Ethereum. And there's even people that have cutting edge home equipment like brand new computers, like top of the line with, uh, you know, huge bandwidth, hundreds of megabytes per second, maybe even gigabit, uh, gigabit internet. And they are having a hard time syncing the Ethereum blockchain. So imagine somebody in a part of the world that has less, uh, the, their internet is less good and they don't have top of the line um, equipment. I mean, they're never going to be able to sync. They're never going to be able to join the Ethereum blockchain, right? Or the Ethereum network. And so the decentralization decreases. You want to keep your network so that more people can join. And people can join in the first place. Because that keeps you decentralized and secure from state attacks or whoever wants to attack you. Anyway, okay, so mempool. Mempool, man, we just had a big jump here in the mempool. I'm going to look at this again. We're at, it's at 19 gigabytes, or gigabytes, Jesus. It's at 19 megabytes. Huge spike over the last oh, few hours here. Let's see. 
last 12 hours or so, we've had a really big spike. I don't know if this is a spam attack. I'd have to take a look, but there's a lot of cheap transactions going. There are five megabytes of one Satoshi transactions. And then there's another 10 megabytes or so of two Satoshi per byte transactions. So this is a lot of cheap transactions flooding right now. Who knows? Uh, Bcash is on the ropes, people. Bcash is falling apart. And we know it was the Bcash camp that had been spamming the network. I mean, it's a little bit conspiratorial, but I, I, I think there's, I think there's quite a bit of evidence for that. And, um, so as they're falling apart here, maybe they're like, crap, we got to spam Bitcoin and make it more expensive again. I don't know. Maybe this is just a straight up demand. And, uh, yeah, 20 megabytes in mempool is, is totally cool i mean it's we can handle it it's no problem it's still 42 cents for the median fee which is nothing compared to the average transaction or the median value is 500 remember 540 dollars a 41 cent fee a 42 cent fee is nothing so but this is a good sign i mean that's showing that there is some sort of demand whether it's demand for spam or it's actual demand uh, for economic transactions uh, remains to be seen, but that's, I think that's healthy. It's showing something's going on. Let's get on to development. All right. Now in this section, I always talk about development here on the show now because, um, you know, Bitcoin's not stagnant. This is where most of the stuff is happening. Okay. Especially when you talk about academic research, a lot of it's happening, not only base level cryptography for Bitcoin, but also layer two stuff. I mean, the layer two in Bitcoin is equal probably in size now to the Ethereum uh, total work happening. And uh, then you add in all of the base level stuff with the cryptography. Uh, smartest people in the world are working on Bitcoin. They're not working on Ethereum. Uh, so anyway, that's why I put this out here, put this out there. Uh, the development for Bitcoin uh, merged PRs or pull requests for Bitcoin is 57 over the last seven days. Huge, huge number. Uh, closed issues, 21. The next major release for Bitcoin, which is 0.17, we'll see what goes goes on in there. There's probably some Schnorr stuff, uh, you know, some signatures, some cryptography things, setting the groundwork for the next phase of fungibility that's coming, an anonymity coming to Bitcoin. That's going to be released in August. They have a mm, semi-strict schedule. They, you know, we're going to release the first release candidate in this month. We're going to give you this month's much time. We're going to try to look for bugs. And then we expect around August or so that, you know, that's how they do it. They don't have a set strict schedule on uh, like Bcash is saying, um, what is it? May 15th, May 15th, we will hard fork November 15th. We will have another hard fork. No, they're not saying that core is much more, um, uh, serious. <laughs> they're much more serious about this when we're ready we will release it and they're guesstimating about August for the next release, a uh, major release of Bitcoin. It's just exciting stuff. I mean, like I say, there's so much shit happening on Bitcoin. Uh, you could spend all day, every day trying to just keep up with lightning. And that's just one of the layer twos that's coming. And, and we have all of this base level stuff happening with the anonymity and cryptography. It's, it's amazing. Okay. Um, oh, and also I'll, I'll add on this development that, uh, you know, there's hundreds of contributors to each release 
of Bitcoin. When you look at things like Bcash, there's like three maybe, or uh, Ethereum, there might be in the tens of people. And uh, like Dash, there's, there's like three as well. So, um, you know, Bitcoin just has massive, I can't emphasize this enough. It, there's massive, massive more amount of development happening, people, mind share happening on Bitcoin uh, than any other coin. All right, let's talk about lightning. There's there's all sorts of stuff happening with lightning, and it's so versatile and so powerful that there will probably be, I'm guessing there's going to be uh, custom lightning implementations. So like a company like, I'm not, I just want to throw this out there as Amazon, they're not they're not integrating bitcoin anytime soon but i'm just saying like a company like amazon might make their own lightning implementation they'll have lightning devs on staff uh, of these these big companies so anyways lightning it's just growing exponentially so last time i reported it was at nine bitcoins capacity now it's at 12.7 bitcoins capacity in the entire network um there is some confusion about this because somebody was trying to uh send you know if you try to send larger payments they might fail right now because these the average capacity per lightning channels 50 dollars worth of bitcoin so if you try to send a hundred dollars worth of bitcoin over the lightning network it just goes it's just logical that you might not be able to find a route so your payment will fail okay but as this grows and capacity grows and the average bitcoin per channel grows then um, you're going to be able to send a lot more value through the Lightning Network. And maybe over the first year or two, it's mainly small dollar transactions. If you send a dollar to somebody, it's probably not going to fail, right? Um, so that's just a consideration out there. The number of channels has gone up by another thousand. I last reported 3,700. Now it's at 4,700. Nodes has gone up about 200 from 1,300 to 1,500. And the average channels per node has also gone up. It's over three now to 3.08 channels per node, which is good. The more, the merrier. All right, that's that's what I got for Lightning. Google Trends. Last kind of fundamental here I'll talk about is Google Trends. A lot of people talk about this when, you know, in hindsight, they say, oh, look, the Google Trends went up. Well, who knows if the trend, if the, the searches went up before the price or the price went up then the searches I, I believe it's probably the price followed by the searches but i'm going to put this in here anyway i've been mentioning it for probably four or five shows now so the google trends the 12 month is pretty low out of 100 is the highest uh, week that they measure out of the 12 months so that'd be 100 and we are at 15 so we are much lower than the spike up at the all-time high price of Google searches, um, but it's been very consistent. It's slightly lower than uh, recently, the last few weeks, uh, but it is being consistent. Uh, in the between 15 and 20, it's been bouncing around in there for the 12 month mark. For the uh, 60 day, or sorry, 30 day Google Trends, um, we have seen a, eh, a sizable dip. We're at 60 out of 100. It was trending around 70 to 80. And now we're down at 60. So overall, I would say the trend here slightly low, lower on both time frames. Um, but interest is generally flat. I mean, it's not like crashing through the floor or anything. Uh, so 
and uh, interest is generally flat. We'll see now that the price has bumped up last 48 hours. Does the Google uh, searches bump up? We'll see. All right, let's get on to some news, guys. All right, man, there's so much going on. I've touched on a lot of news already, so I'll try not to beat a dead horse. I'm going to bring up my Twitter because I do. Guys, follow me on Twitter at Ansel Lindner, and the show is BTCMRKTS. I'm going to pull this up here, see what I've been tweeting about. Okay, we've we've had some good stuff here. Um, it looks like OKEx, uh, OKCoin, the remnants of OKCoin are moving to Malta as well, along with um, Binance, right? And Bitfinex is shopping around. They might go to Switzerland. Um, regulatory arbitrage is a thing. And these jurisdictions better wise up because a lot of these people are going to be out of their reach here very soon. So OKEx moving to Malta, looks like. That's interesting. Uh, what else do we have? There has been a recent effort lately. Speaking of lightning, you know, I talk about this every time. Um, there has been a recent effort to brand the lightning network as an altcoin. Um, lightning network is just a network of multi-sig transactions. It's not its own. It is its own network, but it's a network of Bitcoin transactions. Um, there's been some talk about having two different balances. You'll have your lightning balance and your on-chain balance. Uh, that's a small concern in my opinion, because you have a checking account and a savings account type of thing already that you're used to. Um, you, instead of calling it checking and saving, you call it instant or total, right? Um, or instant or, uh, savings. And uh, that is very logical. You could even have a top up button so you could top up your instant balance. Um, you could even set a predetermined mount amount to keep in your channels. So in my channels, I want to have $500 worth of spending at all times. So take that out of my savings and, uh, keep that plussed up. You probably will be able to tell your wallet to do something like that. And, uh, that's pretty cool. I mean, there's, there's going to be a lot of different solutions for this. Bottom line is it's not an altcoin. They're trying to brand it as an altcoin because they're trying to do zero conf. See, these, these guys are trying to do uh, zero confirmation transactions, even though this doesn't follow Satoshi's vision. Uh, Satoshi said that uh, zero confirmation transactions are second class citizens. And uh, so they're, but they're trying to make it, instead of calling it zero confirmation, they're trying to call it uh, verified. Like it has been verified by a node. And so they're going to say, you can build off that. Um, of course, that doesn't, this is the bottom, this is like the basis for this fight between uh, Craig S. Wright and uh, Peter Risen, the Bitcoin Unlimited guy. This is the basis for their fight because, um, you know, Peter Risen's like, how do you know which one, if there's a double spend, how do you know which one to take? And uh, Craig S. Wright said, I don't give a shit. So, you know, zero conf verified, it's not, it's not at all like uh, the Bitcoin uh, Lightning Network. Uh, and Lightning is not an altcoin. Okay. It's just freed up Bitcoin. You, you take your Bitcoin off of the blockchain, you free it up and you can spend it more liberally or you can transact it more liberally. It's, it's just FUD out there. More on Lightning Network. There was a detailed study. I have it linked in the show notes about Lightning Wallet GUIs. Now I'm not in the industry, uh, the app industry here, uh, but this looks like very professionally done. 
Um, I don't know her name, but it's a rising woman in Bitcoin. And uh, she did a great job here putting together a very detailed, I mean, this is long. It's like got 30 pages, 40 pages of this detailed uh, examination of Lightning Wallet GUIs. And this is going to be evolving, guys. Uh, the, the wallets are coming. They're definitely coming. And it's very exciting. More Lightning stuff. Uh, Aaron Van Verden, he has a Bitcoin magazine uh, series of articles, the history of the Lightning Network. I link to it in the show notes, and I recommend you guys checking that out. What else do we have here? Oh, uh, ICOs. So the ICOs are being cracked down on, right, really hard by the SEC. They're basically dead. Um, I had a tweet about this yesterday that ICOs are, were all about avoiding regulation. Oh, this is a new way to crowdfund. You know, we're making this uh, available to the average person, yada, yada, yada. No, they're, they're scamming people. But um, it was all about avoiding regulation. But now that loophole is closed, Okay. And so they're trying to come up with a new scam and they've kind of landed on this loan thing. So it's called a, a initial loan procurement or ILP. And what these uh, ICO, former ICO companies projects are doing is they will give you, if you lend them a certain amount of money, they'll give you a token. And then that token will be tradable as um, basically an IOU. You know, it's, it's the, it's the loan token and it entitles you to a percentage of the project's profits. I mean, there's a lot of things that could be wrong here. Like, um, they'll, they'll be, they'll be cracked down on as well. Um, there's the thing is here, it's not about whether it works or not because, uh, you know, ICOs work for raising money. These ILPs will work for raising money. Traditional, uh, IPOs work for raising money. Uh, there's, you know, we have angel investors, seed rounds, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, there's, there's many, many ways to raise money. It's not about that. Okay. They all work. The thing is that if you are a disruptive project, you will get cracked down on, you know, it's about the disrupt. You're not allowed to be disruptive. If you're going to disrupt the banks, they will stop you. If you're going to disrupt government functions or even the perceived need for government, you're going to be cracked down on. It doesn't matter how you raise money. That's why decentralization is key. If you have decentralization, you don't need to necessarily, you don't need to worry as much about being cracked down on because there's nowhere to crack down on. But with these centralized ICOs, centralized projects, they're going to come crack down on you. They're going to fine you. They're going to send you to prison, you know, and that is the, the issue. These, these people don't understand this, right? They're scammers. All they see is I can fool some people into giving me their Bitcoin. I can take these fools for all their money and then I can run away or they can shut me down and I can come up with an excuse why this didn't work out because the man stopped me or because XYZ censored me or whatever, right? They're all a bunch of scammers, but just be on the lookout for that IPL or ILP, whatever initial loan procurement. That is a uh, coming thing. Oh, I was interviewed by uh, somebody here, Evelyn Chang from CNBC, for to be a, a a source of one of their stories. That was kind of fun. That was a few days ago. Um, I'll have to check the link. Uh, but I just said, you know, even during this price decrease, um, the next generation of Bitcoin infrastructure is still coming, and so um, uh, they're 
this isn't necessarily a relief rally, but I mean, there's, come on, there's just pressure. There's demand out there. There's real demand and the work isn't stopping. The world is changing. Bitcoin is changing it. Uh, and this was just uh, inevitable of this price bump. Uh, and that's, <laughs> that was basically my comments. I mean, it was, uh, I don't know, they, they probably gave me four sentences in the article. Bitcoin. All right, that's that's all I have for today, guys. Again, like I said, follow me on Twitter at Ansel Lindner. I'm making, I'm I'm working my way through Safedine's uh, the Bitcoin Standard, and I'll have some comments on that. Uh, oh, you know, in the next uh, couple weeks. Really good so far. Uh, I'm I'm really digging it. It's going to make a big difference that we have this uh, really well written, well researched, put together Bitcoin Maximalist book. I think that's great for. Uh, for Bitcoin. So great job, Safedine. And you guys can find that at Amazon. Support him doing that. Uh, let's see. Yeah. So uh, overall, I think that we could have turned, we could have turned here and we're going up again and we'll have to see. I mean, there's, there's lots and lots of uh, resistance above us. We broke the linear trend line, uh, downward sloping trend line. And, uh, but the logarithmic trend line is still up there around, I think 9,100 or so. But if we can break that 200 MA, which is 90, 9,600, uh, then we're going to be golden. We could go off to the races again. I was just talking to one of my buddies last night and, uh, you know, I, I told him that I I'm 100% sure that there's no even debating it anymore, right? It's going to happen. Uh, and there's very little that can stop it. Nothing can stop it in my mind at this point. So it's, it's just a waiting game. Bitcoin's going up in price. It's just a matter of when. So anyway, I'll leave you with that thought. Thank you to all my patrons. If you want to support the show, you go to patreon.com forward slash Bitcoin and markets. I'm not a whale. Okay. I make this for the love of it. I make it to support Bitcoin. And, um, you know, I, I appreciate all my patrons. You guys make this worth it. We'll see you next time. Peace. <laughs>